shot. Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast recorded in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and I'm joined by the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who watches Deli Alley play Fortnite via Twitch, and who started a GoFundMe campaign for Kane's new scoring boots. It's Jared Bustamente. How are you, bud? I am well. I had to learn what Fortnite was and uh, super excited. <laughs> he plays it all the time. <laughs> uh, and from the red corner, he's the leader of the Arsenal Kansas City fan group, the man who would love to see Louis van Gaal at the Emirates and who has cancelled the Tottenham Day, St. Tottenham Day celebrations, I should say. Big shame. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, not too bad considering that Arsenal are sort of wallowing in sixth place now. St. Burlington's Day is nigh. St. Burlington's Day. What a day. Gosh, it'll be trending soon. Uh, Let's start off as usual then our contest with our top three segment where our contestants try to figure out which stories and games were the most discussed. Jared, you are up first this week. So out of all the fixtures played, what do you think was the most talked about? I am going to, uh, what you kind of alluded to in the intro there, talk about United's 2-1 win over Arsenal, securing Arsenal's non-top four finish. That will absolutely do it. Yep, Manchester United reinvent Fergie time as Maran Fadeli snatches all three points against Arsenal. The final score was 2-1. In the last two months, Man United have had significant victories over the other top six clubs. Um, Jared, what do we take from this performance with United versus their performance against Spurs? If anything, was there any difference? Is it the same kind of setup? What do you think? It was, I mean, having Fellaini in there. I mean, there were some names that you kind of thought, wow, okay, this is a this is kind of a different squad that they're playing. But it was really a, uh, one of the lines was, where was the sense of urgency of the last 10 minutes of that match. If you saw that match, you had United suddenly put it in another gear and you thought for sure they were going to, they were absolutely going to get one. They had what everyone thought was going to be a winner called back for offside. And then almost the same thing happens uh, mm-hmm. this time with Fellaini burying it. I think they were a side that was willed to win. You had, uh, I think Antonio Valencia and Chris Smalling uh, were pretty exceptional in the back and chasing around the likes of Obama Yang and Mkhitaryan. Uh, Putting a Wobi right there in the middle of the center uh, pitch, I, I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, there were some choices to start for Arsenal that I'm sure uh, uh, Boyce will have an opinion on, uh, especially uh, now I'm going to hit you back with all the Espina jokes on, uh, on Michel Vorm. Uh, but uh, this is just a very good United club. I, I think, I think they can be dangerous. Boyce, another away loss for Arsenal. But how was this one any different, if at all, uh, than the other ones? I mean, this one was different than all of the other ones, primarily because, as I prognosticated at the end of last week's Who Kicked the Corner Flag podcast, Wenger started a lineup that was built off of sort of the latter half of the first team. I mean, you're talking about a lineup where Owobi started in Mesut Ozil's spot, Reese Nelson's in, Mkhitaryan's just coming back in off of injury, you had Maitland-Niles in the midfield as opposed to on the right wing, and Kostantinos Mavropanos and Callum Chambers started in the center of defense alongside Shad Klasnak and David Ospina. I mean, this lineup, I think at the beginning of the match, I believe I predicted a 4-1 scoreline. And there for a while, I thought it might be worse. But I actually think this team acquitted itself quite well, given the personnel that were on the pitch at Old Trafford. 
a place that Arsenal almost always lose, and at one point lost 8-2. to two. I think when you compare this lineup to the 8-2 to two lineup, it, it, there's not that much more talent in the squad. I think they put in a good shift, but I think Jared had a great point earlier, which is the fact that United didn't ever really seem to be playing in the first year of the entire match, and this isn't exclusive to a game against a weakened Arsenal side. It's just exclusive sort of generally to their season. Mm. At the end of the match, you could kind of feel that coming. But I get it. I get the positioning for United in this match. There's nothing really for them to play for. It's an Arsenal side that, despite the fact that Obama Yang started at center forward, isn't the full first-team squad. And it wasn't a really exciting fixture. I don't think any Arsenal fan was really jazzed about it. I mean, Arsenal's season hinges on its performance away to Atletico on Thursday. And this lineup was a byproduct of Wenger trying to rest players and, you know, bed some new talent for the future manager. But I don't really think you can take much of anything from this match. Uh, right, boys, you're up next. Uh, we have second and third spots still to guess. So what do you think? Liverpool's semi-disastrous draw against Stoke. That did not make the list. No, unfortunately not. So, Jared, we're going to swing back to you. What do you think? Oh, man, I was worried we were going to have to be nice to Stoke. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, talk about that weird palace demolition of Leicester. We can. 5-0 with the red card. That'll do it. Yep, we can absolutely talk about that. It'll get you just the single point, uh, but a point nonetheless. Crystal Palace produced a five-goal spectacle in their significant victory over the Foxes. Again, the final score was 5-0. Jared, are Crystal Palace safe now for next season? I, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, the, the theme that we've had this year has been this, this race to the bottom. And there are a lot of teams, uh, West Brom included, who are making it interesting by mm-hmm. suddenly giving a crap and winning games. You look at Palace, they're sitting at 11 with 38 points. I think they're probably safe. It's really going to depend on what 15 through 18 do that West Ham, Huddersfield, Swansea and Southampton. This does wonders for uh, Palace who now have a negative 13 goal difference after a five nil win. <laughs> so that's pretty useful considering that goal difference is the only thing that separates them from 12th place cherries. Uh, so I think they're safe. I think with Wofford losing uh, uh, today to Spurs, I I think they'll be safe, which is really a rescue of the season when looking at basically ship Wilfried Zaha and then just kind of cash in the chips. So, uh, so good on them for writing the ship. Boys, it's looking like another anticlimactic season for Leicester. Do you think results, this result in particular, is kind of like a warning sign for the club moving forward, or was it just a, a bad day at the office? I'm not necessarily sure that this result is indicative of anything for Leicester. I think that this is the team that Leicester probably are these days. It's a situation where they had that magical season where they somehow finished first in the Premier League, and I think it's something their fans should cherish for a while. I just don't think or envision a situation where they manage to go forward from here and be anything but a sort of mid-table team. Mm -hmm. I will say to Jared's earlier points, though, my favorite statistic from this weekend is the fact that of the 36 games that Crystal Palace have played, they've played nine without Zaha, and they've lost every single one of them. Uh, They are (laughs) nine wins, 11 draws, and seven losses with him, and zero wins, zero draws, and nine losses without him. So if they'd sold him earlier in the season, they might have zero points. Wow. But yeah, I think I think Leicester are in for a pretty rough patch here in the coming years because you're going to see a situation where I wonder whether or not Jamie Vardy sort of agitates for a move over the summer. 
you've already seen Mares start agitating for a move. I think he's as good as gone. You're talking about two very big offensive players for that club, not to mention the fact that lost a few other players. Conte comes to mind as well. The quality in that team, I think, has been eroded with the loss of, I believe, Danny Drinkwater left too. It's, it's the same reality, I think, that Southampton had faced, which is when you're forced to sell all of your players in order to keep funding what it is that you want to do, you have to make great transfer decisions. And I, I just don't think that the majority of the transfer decisions that Lester made this summer have been beneficial to the club overall. I think generally they've not netted them any goals. And if you look at this going forward, if they lose Vardy and Mares on top of Drinkwater and Conte, I, I just don't. I don't see anyone that remains on that team that makes me think that they're somehow going to break back into even the top six. Right, boys, you get one more shot at second spot. So what do you think it is? Chelsea's 1-0 victory over Swansea? Oh, man, that's not on the list either, I'm afraid. No, so Jared, you might have clinched this week. Uh, What do you think it is? Um, (laughs) Do I be selfish? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Harry Kane back on the score sheet, 2-0 over Watford today. Not him either. No, Boyce, it's your. Uh, you got, I think you throw one more shot there. See if you can get it. <laughs> Manchester City beating West Ham and going on to the vaunted probably 102 points that they're going to end up with at the end of this campaign. That'll do it. Yep, Manchester City reaching 100 goals in this season's Premier League campaign with a comfortable win over West Ham. Final score being 4-1. Now we've spoken at great length about how dominant Manchester City have been throughout this entire season. Uh, Here's a quick stat to throw in. The Citizens have also won 30 games in a single season, which now equals Chelsea's win record from 2016 to 17. Um, They made this match kind of look easy, although there was moments where they kind of looked a little wobbly. But what can other teams do moving forward into the next seasons? It doesn't necessarily have to be English teams. It can be European teams. But what can teams do to beat them? What's, What's their weakness? I think we've discussed throughout the campaign that City's primary weakness, I think, has been on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. You're still talking about a team that generally starts a pretty comparatively weak defense. Mm -hmm. In this particular game, they started Fabian Delph, and I don't think at the beginning of the season or even a decade ago, whenever he started in the Premier League, that you would have ever imagined that Fabian Delph was going to be on a, quote, shark team, along (laughs) with Laporte, Otamendi, and Kyle Walker. Not even to besmirch Kyle Walker's past as a Spurs player, he's not a $50 million right back mm-hmm. or a £50 million right back. He's a fine player, but I, I think they've had weaknesses in the back line. But you have to understand the fact that Mindy's been out the entire campaign, so he's coming back. They still have new recruits coming in. And when you look at their offensive lineup, they're going to put a ton of money into this lineup moving forward on the defensive end, I think, and probably retool the spine. And once they do that, I honestly don't know what you can do. I mean, mm-hmm. defense and back four have sort of generally been their weakness. But when you have a front six that is that dominant from an offensive perspective, has that much speed, that much pace, that much technical skill, it sometimes doesn't even matter what your back four looks like. And once they're able to shore that up, I really honestly don't know what anybody does. United has a little bit of money. They have the ability to be able to purchase some players. But they've still got Mourinho, who tends to be a little bit regressive. And the gap is significant because City are just a better club. But I also think that Pep is more likely to get you some late match points than Mourinho is, simply because Pep plays an offensive lineup, and he's going to go for it each and every time. Whereas... I think Mourinho is going to shore up sometimes and secure that one point in a draw situation. And those two points matter. 
Manchester City continue to accrue talent, continue to spend ungodly amounts of money and just decimate financial fair play and make it look like the joke that it is. I'm not really sure what anybody can do. And as we move forward, obviously, we'll do a couple podcasts as we move into the 1819 campaign. But there's nothing that I see right now in terms of player availability or moves that have been rumored in the league that make me think that anybody else in the league is going to get within 10 or 15 points of City even next year. Mm. Obviously, it's it's possible for a little bit of a drop off to happen, but they're deserved champions. They're going to finish the season a minimum of 16 points ahead of everybody else. Unless somebody gets bought by Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and Tim Cook, and then they just fund them all with their personal fortunes, I'm not really sure what they can do to take City down next year. And I think think it's just taken a few matches where they turned it off and they weren't really playing to their full capacity. But this is certainly one of the best Premier League teams I've ever seen. And even with two losses, it's... It's hard to believe they're going to get any better or worse next year. A couple of defensive woes for West Ham, as we spoke about, but uh, somewhat glimmers of hope. Um, Jared, do we do we see West Ham next season? Um, I don't know. I mean, if only to uh, if they want to avoid you know being stoned in in the streets uh, uh, of <laughs> London. I mean, the the, the West Ham faithful uh, have you know as we talked about before uh, with Mark Noble having to play bouncer on the pitch. Uh, if that's not enough motivation, I don't know what is. Uh, but I just, I don't know. We've we've talked a little bit about West Ham and some curious managerial decisions. I agree with the calls for uh, Chicharito to be out there more, uh, you know, and, and not just coming in off the bench. You've had Andy Carroll has had some, you know, some bright spots. I'm confused for the setup when you have a team that is so weak in the center defensively for for city why you're not putting andy carroll in there and just whipping balls in across to give Mm -hmm. him a chance i'm confused by the tactics there i'm looking at united Mm -hmm. (laughs) pub united yeah i know that one (laughs) city and then home to everton so you got to think if they can get i mean five is a miracle uh so i don't know it's really going to depend on unfortunately they don't really hold their own fate in their hands right i mean it's going to depend on what's going on around them so i would give them a fighting chance Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh i don't know uh 35 points i don't know if that's going to cut it so they need they need points like they need air that's for sure like yeah, like bubbles maybe uh well let's move swiftly on then uh to our next game which is of course another round of rumor mill yes each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days all they've got to do is tell me if the words i read out were in fact printed or just something i made up basically true or false boys you are up first with this one Tottenham manager Mauricio Pochettino has refused to confirm whether he will be in charge of the club next season true that is true, and kind of scary news, maybe. I don't know if you want to believe it or not, but uh, the Mirror um, published that delightful read. Uh, can we not talk about so it? So much and, and brought them so many trophies throughout his tenure. I can only imagine. You like Mauricio. Don't don't even start with this. <laughs> He's oh. not a bad guy. I mean, as long as he continues to not win anything, I'm all for him sticking around. Uh, Jerry, this next one's for you. Leicester City boss Claude Puel says, perhaps the players have the World Cup in their heads after his side's recent dip in form continued with a 5-0 defeat by Crystal Palace. What cup players do they have? False. <laughs> It is true, believe it or not. Uh, Who would have uh, thought Leicester City would bring uh, England to the World Cup? Anyway, uh, it is true. The Guardian published that again just yesterday. 
Uh, boys, this next one's for you. Man City boss Pep Guardiola joked about the Premier League champions spending £1 billion during the summer transfer window. I have no idea if that's true or not, but I'm going to say that it's true because why not? <laughs> it is true, yeah. ESPN uh, <laughs> decided to write something about that. Again, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, hell, they'll stoke any kind of fire when it comes to spending big uh, big chunks of money like that. So uh, maybe it is true. Fun fact, that would be 20 times what ESPN reported Arsenal's summer transfer budget is. 20 times. <laughs> Uh, Joe, this last one's for you. Everton Football Club looks set to redesign their crest once again after a failed attempt at rebranding it four years ago. False. It is false, yeah. I was just kind of reading some stories on Everton and I thought, hey, that might be a fun one to throw out there. But of course, they're going to stick with their design. They have to. It would be real egg on face if they didn't. But anyway, who knows? They might. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Watch. You just planted the seed, and we're going to trace it back to this. I guarantee it. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our last game, which is, of course, player profile. Once again, five different clues to each Premier League player, each one easier than the last. First person to shout their name and correctly guess their player wins two points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Uh, this week's category is an easy one. It's a category I've named... You've got red on you. What can that possibly mean? First player is a French international. Wears the number 11 shirt for his club. Used to play for Monaco. Now plays for Manchester United. First name is Anthony. Da-da-da-da-da. How do I not know who this is? No, 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 no. I have no idea. Oh, man. French international, number 11 shirt. Plays, used to play for Monaco, now plays for United. First name is Anthony. You guys are going to kick yourselves. Oh, wait. Voice. Oh. Yeah, yes, voice. Uh, it's Anthony Martial. Yes, it is. There we go. Bam. Got it. Good Googling. Uh... <laughs> I feel like you said City the first time. Did you say City the first time? Or am I just... Maybe, I thought uh, you yeah. said City the first time. Uh-oh. I totally I? thought you said City the first time. Man, I'll have to scratch that. Oh, quick, say Manchester United. Manchester United. There we go. Now I get to edit that. So uh, so we just look like dumbasses. <laughs> I was like, you did, no, when okay, you said United I'm glad that wasn't. Time. Oh, man, maybe it was I'm me. I'm glad that wasn't just me. Okay. Too funny. Yeah, that was probably me. Anyway, uh, hell, we like curveballs. Here's number two. Uh, this player is an Englishman. Used to play for Manchester United. Has only made 15 appearances for the English national team. Currently plays for Arsenal. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. There it is. Nice. Yes, that'll get you those two points. The last clue, of course, was first name is Danny. Probably would have got it anyway. Uh, player number three plays for Southampton. Has scored a career-high 18 goals this season. Used to play for Queen's Park Rangers. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Dusan Tadic. Dusan Tadic is incorrect, and that'll freeze you out. Jared, these last two clues are for you. He is an English player. First name is Charlie. That would be Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin is absolutely correct. Yes, and that'll get you those two points. Here comes player number four. He wears the number 66. He is a defender. 
has only ever played for one Premier League club. Plays for Liverpool. Jared. Yes, Jared. Alexander Arnold. Bam! There it is. Nice. Yes, that is exactly right. That'll get you those two points. The last clue was his first name is Trent. But anyway. Upon Trent. Trent upon Trent. Uh, hey, this is exciting. You guys are tied right now. Both have 10 points. So it comes down to this last one. Strap in. This is getting exciting. Here we go. Player number five is a Spaniard. Has been coached by Mourinho in two different clubs. Jared. Oh, oh, man. I could not call that. Uh, That is Jared. I think it was Jared by like a millisecond. So what do you think, Jared? One matter. One matter. That is it. Man, what a close game. But that'll do it. And would you believe it, Jared? You're coming back, my man. You won the game with 12 points to 10. That takes the series now to 10-13. He's coming back. I think we have three podcast episodes left, so we could tie the series up. Jared, how do you feel? Uh, I, I feel fortunate. I feel fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like I don't think I can, with my run, I, I get really gloved. Like, I'm just clawing, man. I need points like West Ham. <laughs> Uh, boys, what's uh, what's the feeling? Feeling good. Uh, Heartland Gooners Kansas City Four Midwest Meetup is actually this weekend oh, from nice. Friday to Sunday. We have uh, about sixty people either in town or coming in, including actually two people coming from London to join us. No so uh, cool. we will be watching the women's FA Cup final uh, between Arsenal and Chelsea on Saturday morning, and then going to the Sporting Kansas City Colorado Rapids game on Saturday night, and then watching. Arsenal play Burnley at Johnny's Tavern downtown in Power and Light in Kansas City, Missouri on Sunday morning at 1030. Nice. So Spurs fans should technically avoid that kind of area around those times for fear of getting lynched. It's true. (laughs) They should probably not even come to the Sporting Kansas City match. They should just stay home. You don't get the monopoly on sporting, okay? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boys, how do people get tickets if they still wanted to sign up? Uh, Unfortunately, there are no more. We're sort of limited... We've been limited in capacity by uh, we buy a bus or oh, rent a gotcha, bus gotcha. in order to be able to get us from Johnny's to uh, to the park. So we've been sold out for about two months. Oh, man. Uh, the oh, event wow. sold out between two and three weeks, which was really nice. And uh, it was good to see people come in from out of town. We've sort of been pondering another bus, but that's another 56 to 60 people. So it would be large scale growth. Um, we'll see how next year goes. But we're going to we're going to drink a lot. Uh Nobody's going to drive. We're going to be transported around. It's going to be great. And uh, hopefully we get to celebrate our new fake holiday of St. Burlington's Day, which (laughs) just goes to show how terrible this campaign has been. May it die a quick death, I guess. I don't know. All in on Thursday. I feel like the the future is maybe bright for Arsenal, though. Maybe getting new manager in. Um, I don't know. I as a Spurs fan, you you have to be maybe a little bit nervous that they're suddenly going to find their form again, and maybe not quite the unbeatables, but something could drastically shift. Would you agree, Jared? No, I'm not All worried. Right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> I will say though, Matt of I Steel. Mean, of course, it's worried. Look at the money flying into that place. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just. You know, whoever can figure out launch control over there, they'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, if we learned anything from Sunday, I think it was the fact that there is a little bit of talent in Arsenal's youth development at this point. Uh, their U18s lost in the, uh, I believe, the youth FA Cup final today to Chelsea in aggregate overall. The under-23s won the uh, the league. Mm. So there's some talent there. I think it was on, on display a little bit on Sunday. But it'll be interesting to see 
to see what happens with the new manager. I will say, though, as we go into next weekend, I am very interested to see what happens between Liverpool and Chelsea this weekend mm. because as Liverpool fights for the Champions League final, they're in deep trouble. If they lose to Chelsea on Sunday next week, there's every indication that they could be level on points and just winning by goal differential as we go into the final weekend for the top four. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have any animosity towards Liverpool, but I can't imagine the situation if you're looking to play either Bayern or Real in a final and uh, potentially drop out of the top four. Jurgen Klopp is probably a little worried. That would be, yeah, on the prospect side of things. I'm going to try and get some Liverpool podcasters on and see if uh, they can break it down too, but time will tell. Uh, that's all we have time for, though, guys. Uh, big thanks once again to my guests, Jared Bustamente and Boyce Richardson. Do check out, as usual, our social media platforms at Kick Corner Flag on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Kick Corner Flag and kickflag.com. Uh, any final thoughts, Jared? Cinco de Mayo, 9 a.m. West Brom will be down at Strange Days. There you go. Drink away. Uh, boys, I think Arsenal are going to live to regret that 1-1 draw at the Emirates, but hope springs eternal. We'll see how Thursday goes. <laughs> Love it. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys, and until next week.